All right, so we have made our way up to Unit 5 of God's Economics. Unit 5 is Seek First the Kingdom of God. And this scripture, you've heard me talk about it before, Matthew 6, 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Hallelujah. Amen. That is not, we can't just read our Bible like, oh, okay, so seek first the kingdom of God. Okay, like, yep, I'll memorize that verse. That's a good one. All right, so I'll put that on my coffee cup, put that on a sticky note. Okay, and just move right along. No, the scripture is there to be obeyed. Take that like a personal command. We just learned in the last unit to not do things the way of this world, Babylon's way. But many people in the body of Christ today, well-meaning as they may be, they do things the world's way, but they put a Jesus label on it. They are still functioning in the ways of Babylon, but they're just quoting scripture while they do it. They have not sought the kingdom. They have not sought the ways of God. They have not, they're not doing things the Lord's way. They're still doing things their own way to exalt themselves, to uh, amass for themselves, whether it's money, whether it's followers, whether it's influence. The things that they crave have not changed at all. The things that they crave are still the things of Babylon. That is still the way that they're measuring their success is by the measuring tools of Babylon. And yet they they throw some scriptures on it and they say, well, it's biblically based. It's biblically based. Well, that's nice, except you're not submitted under the scripture at all. Your life is still in rebellion against God, and you're even now blaspheming his name while you do it. Friends, we have a role in our part that we have to do as the children of God, as the followers of Jesus. We have to take this seriously. But right now, if all you want to do with it is the same old stuff that the world is doing, then God, he, you know, like a father with a child, he's not going to give you that much. You know, I remember as a kid, I used to get a birthday card and my grandma she would send me a birthday card and there would be like 20 bucks in there. And as a kid, that's like, whoa, that's so much money. This is so cool. But as you grow up and, and grandma's still sending a $20 bill, it's like, um, okay, that's nice. You know, like I can't do as much with that $20 bill. But you know what? There's a lot of wisdom in that. If grandma, when I was a kid, had sent me you know, my my grandmother was not wealthy by any means. But if grandma had sent me like hundreds of dollars, let's say, I didn't know yet how to steward that amount of money. 20 bucks like rocked my world. Whoa, you know, this. do you know how much candy I can buy with this? This is so awesome. And that stuffed animal I've had my eye on. Yes. But some of you guess what? That's exactly what you're like. And you're sitting there going, oh, God, bless me, bless me. I want to buy lots of candy. And you wonder why God is not pouring his blessing out on your life, because your mind has not been renewed to the ways of his kingdom. You cannot yet be trusted with heaven's resources. So God will provide for you. He's not going to let you starve. He's not going to let you go naked. Jesus will never fail you. But you have not proven yourself to be one who, who, handles resources in the priorities and the purposes of God. So until you will do what God says, which is seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness— Okay, then God can't pour out those greater blessings. Now, before I go on, 
in, in the p- context of this passage of Matthew 6.33. It goes, it starts at about Matthew 6.25. There are some verses before that that Jesus starts talking about human relationship with money. But in the passage from Matthew 6.25 up to this verse, and even the couple verses following Matthew 6.33, he is specifically, specifically talking about food and clothing. He does not even include a roof over your head, although I am living proof that he will also provide that. I have never, as as long as I have lived radically by faith in God's provision, living in radical obedience to this very verse, denying myself, denying my own ability to provide for myself. Why? And I have a capability of providing for myself. I had a good job and I made a lot of money as a young woman, okay? So I have that capacity, but my My God, the maker of heaven and earth, told me to obey this command, to forsake all that, to seek his kingdom, and he has never let me go without food in my belly. He has never let me go without clothes on my back, and he has never let me go without a roof over my head. And that includes even on the mission field. Now, I've been very blessed. I know there are people on the mission field, you don't always have a roof over your head. Matthew 6.33 doesn't guarantee that. But I'm saying this for you Westerners who think that you seek first the kingdom of God and God's going to provide for your middle-class American lifestyle or even more luxury than that. No, no. Let's get down to the basics of what you actually need. God will never fail to provide what you need, what you need. And as you seek him, he will renew your mind, he will change your priorities, and he will guide you by his spirit into the things of his kingdom. So yes, I started off, I feel like the Holy Spirit took me on a little bit of a tangent about the greater blessings of God. But if you want to get to those greater blessings, you've got to do things God's way. So God is saying, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And he will absolutely, without fail, every single time, provide everything that you need. All right. So point A, that was a long introduction. Thank you for letting me ramble in the Holy Ghost for a moment. Point A, seek. We're just going to, in this unit, we're going to break this down. Seek. What does it mean to seek? Well, in the Greek, in your in your study guide, the definition is right there. To seek in order to find. Now, why is that important? Because some people, especially nowadays, there has there's so much you know, f- quote unquote, freedom in the spirit, which is not really freedom at all. It's more like this new age nonsense that has worked its way into the body of Christ. And people are just trying to go with the flow and like open their minds to whatever. No, that is not biblical seeking of the Lord. Seeking of the Lord is you are seeking, you are on a mission, and your mission is to find him, to find him, to find the kingdom of God, to find God himself. It is not about seeking knowledge because there are so many things, like we said, in the the Babylon system, people seek knowledge. Why? So they can be a know-it-all, so they can put their power over other people because they know more than other people do. People seek money. Why? So they have more resources. They're just like Cain and Nimrod, so they can have power over themselves and power over other people. They don't need to rely on God. There are all kinds of things. People 
People seek the cravings of their own flesh. They seek all sorts of things. And when you're on a mission for those things, man, you seek it until you find it. But somehow, when it comes to God, you seek and, oh, well, as long as you got a little goosebump in the meeting, okay, well, I guess I found God. No. The, the air conditioning came on. That's why you got a goosebump. Come on, seriously. Seek him in order to find him until you have a real encounter with the living God that is the same God that you can find in your Bible. Hallelujah. Moving on in the definition. To seek in order to find by thinking, meditating, reasoning, inquiring, to aim or to strive after. Well, that sounds like you got to do some stuff. Well, what are you meditating on? You're meditating on God. Well, how do you learn things about God? We'll get into this in the, the final part of this class. The scriptures. How has God revealed himself? Yes, he has given us the Holy Spirit. And if you're in a place where you're listening to this, I've been into some deep villages where they do have cell phones so they can listen to a podcast. But some people in distant villages, they are illiterate. They can't read. They can't read the study guide. But they can still listen to the Word of God, and they can still listen to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's function is to write the Word of God upon their heart. God can be known by either one of those. The difficulty and the challenge there is that there are many other false spirits contending for your attention, and there are many, many false teachings about their interpretation about what the Word of God says. It's better just to read the Word of God for yourself. But we've got to seek God, meditate on God. Reason. Allow God to change your mind. Reason with God. Not like negotiating, but let God change your reasoning. Okay, all the arguments, all the justifications, all the cultural ideas that you have about what's right and what's wrong, allow God to change that as you seek him. And I do talk a lot about that in the course, The Gospel is the Power, how the powers were put in place that give us uh, ideas from our culture, from our region, from our families, how all of those things have been put in place. But Jesus liberates us from the influence of those powers so that we can walk with him. The next part, inquiring. So we have to ask. We have to aim or strive after. So, you know, like put your back into it, people. Don't just la la la, I'm seeking God. No, you're not. Seek the Lord. Strive for it. Crave it. Crave it like you would crave your favorite food. Crave it. Crave it. That is the part. Crave or demand more. Crave God more than anything else in this world. That is the heart that God is after. He wants a heart that is in love and is craving Him and the knowledge of Him. Okay, so one of the ways that we can seek God with all our heart is to seek God for his wisdom and direction. So for me, from the moment that I got saved, from the moment that I prayed a prayer to Jesus and and God answered that prayer within 24 hours, and then I knew, I knew that I was different. I knew that a voice was speaking to me. I knew that it was God, and I knew that God was guiding me on my 
right path. God will speak to us as we place our faith in Jesus. The Holy Spirit comes to dwell inside of us, to guide us with wisdom from above, to give us direction. The scripture says he will not leave us as orphans. We're no longer in this world having to fend for ourselves and make it up as we go with cutting and biting and scraping and scrapping through just to provide for ourselves. No, Jesus redeemed us so that he can he shed his blood on the cross to purify us as vessels so that he can put his Holy Spirit inside of us and guide us from within. But we have to seek him. God, Jesus is a gentleman. He doesn't force his way on anyone. If you're perfectly satisfied doing it your own way and continuing to do it in the way of Babylon, even if you're slapping some scripture onto it and saying that you're doing it God's way because it looks all holy in your sight, you know what? God will let you keep going. You'll just have a big surprise on the day of judgment when you stand before Jesus and he'll say, I never knew you. Why did he say, I never knew you? Because you never sought him and you never allowed him to change your mind. All right, so we have to seek God for his wisdom and direction. And we've got a couple of scriptures in your study guide. So Proverbs 8, uh, verse 10, take my instruction. This is wisdom speaking. Who is wisdom? Jesus is the wisdom of God. He says, take my instruction instead of silver and knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than jewels, and all you may desire cannot compare with her. So this reminds me of when talked about the the parable of Jesus in the last unit of that merchant who was looking for fine pearls. You've got to become that merchant. You've got to become that one that is seeking, 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 and you know that you must find the 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 one thing that you are looking for. And in this case, you must find God. You must find God. He, his instruction, his guidance is better than silver. It's better than gold. There is nothing that this world has to offer that is better than hearing the voice of God Almighty by his spirit speaking to you directly. Okay, and the next verse is going to give you even more insight into why it is so valuable. This is from Psalm 119, verses 98 to 100. Your commandment makes me wiser than my enemies. All right, so let's pause there. Okay, so let's say that you have capacity. You don't really need to seek God for money. You, you've got this like crazy skills. Uh, you know, you make all sorts of money or maybe you even won the lottery or what like that. So you've got piles and piles of money, okay? But if you don't know the commands of God, and when a man is pleasing in God's sight, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. So let's say you've got piles of money, but your commandment makes me wiser than my enemies. So you got piles of money, but then your enemies invade and take all the stuff you piled up for yourself. Well, that didn't go so well, did it? Okay, but the commandment of God will make you wiser than your enemies. Now that's valuable. That is is valuable. But but the psalmist goes on to say, for it is ever with me. The commandment is ever with me. It's not, oh, I just passed it by one day as I was doing my morning devotional. Uh, you know, no, it's, it is ever with me. I'm constantly seeking, meditating on the commandment of God. 
I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. So even people who are wise or counted as wise, God can give you more understanding of himself, of his ways, of his word, than even those who are revered as great teachers. Sometimes teachers, they get involved in traditions of men or their own fleshly failings, and they're teaching other people the the false things that they believe or false things that they do. But God will never do that. God will give you pure wisdom, pure information, pure teaching every time. God's wisdom can make you wiser than all the teachers that are out there. Verse 100, I understand more than the aged, for I keep your precepts. So this is all of these benefits that we're describing, which are extremely valuable. The the way that you get through to this value is by constantly seeking and applying and putting into practice the commands of God, remembering the testimonies of God, what God is able to do, what God has done before, the way that God does things, the precepts of God. How does God want things done? What are things that are in violation of God? way. You can't violate God's way and then expect him to pour out abundant blessing on you. It just doesn't make any sense. Now, God is merciful. Sometimes he pours out blessing on people who are in rebellion against him, but that doesn't mean that you can go on being in rebellion against him and expect a blessing. Sometimes God blesses because he's trying to show mercy to someone so that they might be humbled and, and seek his face. Okay, so don't judge by outward appearances. You keep yourself in the command of God. James 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given him. Okay, you need to ask and we'll talk about that more in a little bit. All right, so another way of seeking is by calling upon God's name in prayer. Call upon his name. God doesn't want us to try to just figure it out all by ourselves. Like I said, he doesn't leave us as orphans. He came and died on a cross. I mean, if that's not the ultimate price to pay, I don't know what is. But he showed his love for us that he gave his son to die on a cross for us so that we could hold the Holy Spirit so that we can hear the voice of God. It's not just about, oh, I got to seek by, I'm going to read the word every day. No, listen, listen, seek to find, seek and be led by him. Seek, call out to God and then listen, listen. It's a two-way conversation. Listen to what he says to you. First, you have to call out for insight, call out for understanding, call out for help, call out for wisdom, but then also listen to what the voice of the Lord is telling you. So again, some more scriptures in your study guide. Proverbs 2, starting with verse 3. Yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it 
like silver and search for it as hidden treasures. There's that merchant again. You have to seek it. The same, some of you out there are seeking money all the time. Money is your highest priority. Money is always at the tip of your tongue. Everything that you celebrate about is money. Everything that you get disappointed about is money. Every decision that you make, you're considering the money. You're not considering God. You're considering the money, okay? It's time for that to change. Today is your day. Instead of considering money, you need to seek the Lord and the Lord's kingdom and the will of the Lord. Seek it the same way that right now you're seeking money. Seek it like silver. Seek it like hidden treasure. You know, all of the striving that you've done for money, start striving that way for the Lord. It will change your life. It will change your life and you will be blessed beyond your wildest imagination of what God could possibly do in your life. And that's what this scripture goes on to say. If you seek it like silver and search for it like you would for hidden treasure, then you will understand what? The fear of the Lord and the and find the knowledge of God. Knowing him, knowing him is the most valuable thing you could ever possibly do in your entire life. Period. End of story. Psalm 50, verse 15, call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you, and you will glorify me. So what does that say? That means, hey, no matter what kind of trouble you're in, if you are in a right relationship with God, if you cry out to the God who is able to save from even the most dire circumstances, call upon God. He wants us to cry out to him. Call upon him. He will deliver you. Why? Because he will get all the glory. He will show himself mighty through you, through the deliverance that he does, through the provision, the way that he provides in your life. He will be glorified, not you. He will be glorified. But remember, we quoted this before. The the eyes of the Lord search to and fro on the whole world looking for one through whom he can show himself mighty. You can be that one if you call upon the Lord. And you know, there are many verses about calling upon the Lord. There are only a selection, a minor selection in your study guide. God wants us to call out to him, and we can go to God with everything. Actually, the Apostle Paul says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, everything, not just in the day of disaster. See, this is how it works in a lot of people's lives. They don't pay any attention to God when things are going their way, when they're comfortable, when it's going fine, when everyone's healthy, when they've got food on their table. They don't give God any consideration at all. But as soon as the day of trouble comes, then they call upon the Lord. And God, because he's so merciful and gracious, he doesn't say, oh yeah, what have you done for me lately? He doesn't do it that way. He will answer you when you call upon him at least in the beginning. At some point, he does, I believe, call you to a higher level of responsibility. But anyway, we can call upon the Lord for anything and everything. He wants to be a part of our lives. He wants to be involved in our daily lives, constantly in conversation with us, constantly sharing, even if it's our anxieties or the things that we need, sharing those with him. So Paul said it this way in Philippians, do not be anxious about anything, but in every 
everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. So whatever it is that you need, call upon the Lord. Whatever it is that you need God to provide for you, call upon the Lord. And I I covered this in a prior um uh, podcast in the gospel is the power. The difference between prayer and supplication. Prayer is like conversation. You're entering into a conversation with God. You're talking to God about the things that are on your mind. You're you're maybe asking something. You're thanking Him for something else. You know, you're having a normal conversation with God about what's going on. So Paul is encouraging that be in prayer with God all the time about everything right? But supplication, supplication has an urgency to it. Supplication, so both prayer and supplication, we come to God in a place of poverty. We recognize, God, I can't do this without you. God, I need you. God, you are all sufficient, and my sufficiency is only in you. I have nothing. You have everything. God, I need your help. So in both cases, we come in a position of poverty. Blessed are the poor. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, right? But supplication adds an urgency to that. Prayer, you can just talk normally. Supplication is like, help, God, help me now, right? Supplication is this urgent request. I need this now. I need this or something bad's going to happen. I need this to feed my family. I need this because of da, 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 da. You know, you can call out to God in normal tone and you can call out to God when it's urgent and when you need something desperately. Trusting and in faith and thanking God for his goodness, for his generosity, for his ability to provide, for his will willingness to provide. Let your requests be made known to God and be thankful that you even have the opportunity to enter boldly into the throne of his grace to receive mercy from him, to receive what you don't deserve from him in your time of need. And Paul also says in Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. So a mature believer. So people sometimes will say, oh, yeah, you know, I used to pray all the time or really ask God about this and that. But as I matured, it just became more natural. It just became a part of who I am. So I don't I don't talk to God anymore. Well, most of those people have gone lukewarm, have given themselves over to false teachings. Their life is more a demonstration of this world than it is of the ways of God. The people who I respect the most in this world who are following the Lord and doing things the way of his kingdom, they they are so dependent on God, moment by moment by moment by moment. And that is how I also live my life, in submission to God, in submission to the ways of God, in submission to the word of God, in submission to the voice of God, whatever it is that the Holy Spirit might be prompting me to do, that we keep this praying without sin ceasing constantly, constantly keeping the dialogue open so that God can guide us into his will, into his purposes, into his kingdom, into his glory. That is all a part of seeking God. <laughs> 